Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers interview series on Clubhouse, where we speak to experts, founders, and investors about the Asian digital economy and ecosystem every week. Monica, Mushir, and I, Pratish, invite guests for a conversation about building, scaling, and operating businesses in Asia. Follow our club on Twitter. Our handle is AD Supermovers for providing us any feedback and staying updated on interview series guests and topics introduction to the room itself this is the asian digital supermovers we are a club which is focused on bringing thought leaders entrepreneurs founders and digital supermovers of the asian landscape to talk about their work and uh, exciting uh, innovations that they're working on uh, today we'll be featuring two exciting founders from the Indian fintech landscape, uh, Hina Mehta and Deepika Jaikishan, talking about their founder journey and as well as talking about how uh, it is to build a fintech that caters to the women's market. Uh, we, so we'll walk through that journey. Uh, we will be opening the audience, opening up for the audience to ask questions. Right now, hand raising has been turned off, but we'll switch that on in about 20 to 25 minutes. So when we do switch on, you can you can raise your hands and come up to ask uh, Deepika and any questions you like. The Asian Digital Supermovers Club does regular uh, club rooms on different themes. I run rooms on uh, the future of digital money, uh, talking about fintech and DeFi. Pritish runs rooms on venture building and uh, venture capital, while Monica Jasucha, our other co-founder, runs rooms on product management. Uh, we also have community rooms and a joint room with Masters Decoded where we bring in special topics or especially on brand building. So welcome and uh, feel free to ping in your friends and anybody else who needs to be listening into this conversation. So welcome Hina and Deepika, delighted to have you both here. Thanks Mashir, we're excited. Thank you. Start off with, it will be very interesting to hear from both of you on your uh, personal entrepreneurial journeys and how that culminated into coming together to set up basis. Very good to understand that journey. Deepika, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah. So in in my so I've spent my entire career now in wealth management and fintech. Right out of my undergrad, I went on to work with a boutique financial advisory based in. Uh, Bangalore and I was with them for a little short of a decade managing assets of about 150 crores leading their corporate efforts having launched uh, financial wellness for Google, JP Morgan and the likes in India at uh, which point uh, fintech was the next big thing and it seemed like the most uh, logical move in the direction of uh, wealth management and uh, went on to have a leadership role with FISDIM, which is a leading fintech in India, uh, was a VP there uh, leading uh, corporate partnerships. And Hena and I have known each other for over two decades. And she had this hypothesis that she was working on, at which time she was still in the US pursuing her MBA at Wharton and then was going to move back to India. And once she moved back, this was a problem when it came to women and money that we had been discussing for several years by then. We had successfully built out uh, the Lean in Bangalore community uh, starting back in 2015, which was uh, then a community of uh, a couple of thousand women uh, interacting with each other in a very contextual manner. So we knew with our strengths in tech, which Anna will talk about her, her experience, and mine in wealth management, that we could successfully build uh, this platform, which is now uh, Basis. 
Thank you. Before we go to Hina, just a reminder for the audience that this session is being recorded and we'll replay this uh, in our podcast. So just to be mindful of that part. Uh, Hina, over to you. Yeah, so thanks for uh, inviting us, uh, Mashri, to this chat. My background has been, well, my entire career has been spent in uh, fintech. Uh, started, I'm a computer science engineer. My career actually started off, uh, I, I was a software engineer with uh, with uh, Goldman Sachs in New York, uh, bang in the middle of the, the 2008-2009 uh, financial crisis, and then moved uh, into a product management role within Goldman itself, spent about half a decade uh, with the firm, at which point India beckoned beckoned me back. Both Deepika and I grew up, grew up in Bangalore, and I'd been following the startup ecosystem as much as I could, um, sitting in the East Coast um, in New York and in the US, and took a leap of faith, uh, moved back to India in 2013-14, and uh, started working with EasyTap, uh, which which you might have heard of. It's At the time, it was a series, just closed a series B. It's a startup in the payment space. I was the first product hire with the company and did a variety of things within payments for the two years I was there, at which point getting an MBA made sense. And I went back to the US this time for business school at Wharton and also spent about a year in the Bay Area with Square on the capital team, which was, yeah, at the time was a new, uh, a brand new business that Square was launching in the lending space. So done a variety of things within fintech. And uh, yeah, basis happened as with a lot of startups and for a lot of entrepreneurs, triggered by by a personal pain point of mine when I was applying to business schools. I'd, I'd literally taken care of everything possible except figuring out how I was going to pay for it. And 200000 odd dollars for anyone is a large sum of money, let alone for a 20-something year old at the time. And so that to me was a wake-up call for someone who is reasonably well exposed and well educated etc it didn't strike me for the seven years that I'd worked and had earned good money to actually invest it and grow my money to fulfill my financial goal of, of higher education and Deepika has been my go-to uh, advisor for for years now and helped me figure out how to pay for that but long story short I liquidated uh, my retirement savings I took a small loan my family helped out a little but that to me was the trigger right like why weren't why didn't it strike me to to take a keener interest in my money to invest it uh, to to get you know the right insurance to understand how credit worked etc and so what what we essentially did in the early days of just validating this hypothesis and the hypothesis was that women were underserved in in financial services right whether it's the the about building knowledge building awareness about products and and realize that 9 out of 10 women were in the same boat had access to some money generally understood the the value of growing money and planning for the future and things like that but still defaulted to the the usual fixed deposits or gold the safer places to park their wealth and that's when we knew we we had to do something to fix this gap and it's a massive multi-billion dollar industry it's not a small space at all and that's how basis was born so i bring um the tech and the fintech part of the experience and the pika is one of the, the best financial educators advisors her knowledge of uh, personal finance is something i i actually haven't seen at all in the indian market at least so we joined forces and that created the founding team for basis 
wonderful area. It's quite remarkable that with, with both of your rich expertise and knowledge on both tech and fintech, I think it's a good culmination to come and uh, tackle a personal problem and to build that out. And a lot of times when companies are, are building, the conversation is around if you're a startup founder, try to find a pain point that you identify with or you feel yourself. Um, now, after having come together, having known each other for such a long time, how did you go about setting up a fintech in India? Basis was, was started about three, four years ago, if I'm right in terms of putting in the effort and the foundations for the company. How was it to build in that environment in India and uh, what were your challenges and your victories or celebratory points? Yeah, so it's been just about three years, I would say, since we like really started ideating, etc. Our product's been live now for about a year and a half, two years. But in hindsight, of course, I always caveat these answers to say in hindsight, things do look and feel very different. It, I think in the space we were in, Mushi and we'll be very candid here, right? Like women focused financial services, women focused fintech. We, we, were, we were early movers in the space, right? Identifying the gaps, identifying the pain points, really thinking through what could solve these problems. And no, no one denies there is a problem, but building a, a financial services platform focused on this vertical, there was initial skepticism. Do, uh, you know, do, do, do you need a dedicated FinServe uh, platform with financial products, communities, etc., focused on women, things like that. So that skepticism existed. We've been thrilled to see how that's changed into so much just bullishness in, in this space, right? Like now the trend is, and then more people we speak to, yes, this is needed. This is a massive opportunity, a huge market that we all know is underserved. So we've seen that change in terms of just um, the ecosystem and general attitudes, etc. from when we started. In terms of setting up a fintech in India, it's, it, I wouldn't say that was that, that that was super hard. I think fintech infrastructure in India is, as we all know, one, one of the best in the world. And really setting up wasn't the challenge. I think for us, it was figuring out and really deeply connecting with our audience, our users to understand what it is that could to, could fix these gaps, could, could really help bridge whatever gaps there were that were preventing women or, not, or women not participating as much as they should be in investing, insurance, credit, and other aspects of personal finance. Deepika, if you want to add anything. Yeah, I think just to add to what uh, Hannah was saying, I think the challenge uh, for the early part was, yeah, exactly, like, is this something which is uh, needed? And I'm sure we'll we'll dive into that a little further. But but this was something that was absolutely needed. Uh, surprisingly, nobody had worked towards it. And I think uh, we were fortunate enough to have early believers, early backers who, who bought into this vision. This is not an instant uh, gratification problem that can be solved. I think uh, building something, especially for women and as women we, we've all heard women are much better investors take much more informed uh, financial decisions and all of it and there has to be a long uh, strong layer of trust when it comes to uh, just that financial decision making or us being able to and uh, us enabling them to be able to do it and and, and we worked really hard towards uh, doing that and we continue uh, to do and and the way we wanted to roll out our vision was uh, very different from any traditional uh, fintech and yeah we have successfully uh, come this far so it's typically quite it's also a great opportunity when you are one of the few in the space if not the first in a big market like india 
while on the other side it's also being the first makes it a little harder to uh, get funding to test the hypothesis you know and you are in a sense doing the work for future fintechs who work there so uh, were there any major challenges that you faced in the first couple of years so mushi yes absolutely with fundraising it wasn't one of those investors flocking to us with their checkbooks etc this did require us finding investors and to the pickup point we are fortunate to have a great set of backers so far but yeah there was that initial skepticism what i was talking about was primarily from investors right like this what we were also building didn't have a global comp really right like when we were asked questions is like oh you know is is where, where tell us where the, where this has been done in us or china and how it has worked out and for us it was like find there may be some platforms we see and we know there's elevest in the us and things like that but again a very different approach we're taking different business model things like that where there wasn't a, we weren't building the dash of india we were building something uh from scratch taking a very sort of a different differentiated approach for the indian market so there was definitely those sort of questions we would get from investors and we were fortunate enough to to find yes both institutional as well as um angel investors who who've backed us and to the pickers point this does require patience right because it's a new essentially creating and defining a new category themselves for women where you know it it will require some patience and but we've been really thrilled to to be where we are and get, be at a stage where we have traction and just a ton of insights that will continue to build upon and i i should have asked this before but how did the name basis come about so this is it's yeah it's a funny story so it was actually an idea of one of our like pre-seed investors his name is his nitin segal he actually runs this fund called cora management which again you may have heard of they've invested in the last couple of rounds of somato anyway this was a personal check they were with us from quite the very beginning and basis really came about from the word basis points <laughs> but uh, the way we look at basis is is as a foundation just a strong creating a strong foundation for your money a strong basis for your money we didn't want to necessarily have something with the word i don't know fem or women or whatever right as as part of the women and all these things we see we wanted to have a fairly neutral name as well so that's just the brief history and the, the quick story behind the name and i'm going to take an opportunity to maybe slight segue but you bring up a very important point about not wanting to stereotype it if i may use that term which is there are a bunch of other like elvis is a classic example which is very clearly investment for women with with the word l there why what was the reason why didn't you want to uh, focus even though despite the fact that your clear focus was on the women's market I think as as women and the Pika would love to hear your input there. I don't know if we thought through it that much. I think is what we see is women generally don't like to be stereotyped into a category, right? Like marketers say like if you're trying to market to women, don't use pink. We didn't want to build like pink washed financial financial services. We wanted to build something that where women were the thought from the get go we weren't taking kind of existing things and literally yeah just coloring it pink and saying this is for women etc so that's the thought process uh behind that i don't know the pick up if you have yeah yeah just 
Just, yeah, I think we were very conscious. I think if you look at you, if, if you happen to look at our branding, you have to happen to look at our platform, our app, our website, you will realize that none of it is stereotypical. It's interesting that this point came up. I was reading this uh, BCG report today where, you know, this lady mentioned that I hate being stereotyped because of my gender and, and age and I do not appreciate being talked to and treated uh, as an infant and and we were very clear and, and we are still very clear that we are not building something that's wrapped in a pink bow uh, we are building a, a a platform with gender intelligent insights being very uh, curated towards what women exactly need and not just another marketing gimmick of sorts right thanks makes sense and quite fair now Coming to the target audience in the target market, you both have spoken about, especially in terms of your personal challenges and why you came about, but what is the opportunity in India and why is it so underserved? Why, why are women so underserved and why aren't we seeing a lot more bases? I think we'll start seeing a lot more because it is such a massive white space and such a large opportunity. To answer the why didn't this exist before, we ask ourselves too, it's actually surprising that both legacy of whether it's banks or you know, other platforms in, and as well as some of the new age ones aren't looking at this market systematically. And honestly, for us, it's just financial services as a space has defaulted to men. Men have historically been the owners of wealth, right? So whether you're looking at income patterns or longevity or costs, etc., of, of living, things like that, it has the data bias has been uh, towards men, right? And as we know, uh, with women, our financial trajectories look really, really different. And this is something that folks, you know, may have seen in a lot of places and heard. We live longer; it costs more to be a woman. Personal care, healthcare costs are much higher. Our income patterns look very different. We tend to take more career breaks. We earn less. So there are all of these data points that the industry as a whole and for decades has just failed to cater to. And again, this is not something that is a problem just within spin service. This book called Invisible Women that talks about data bias across a bunch of both physical, digital products that that just don't take into account what what women may need or how their lives play out or what their preferences, attitudes, motivations may be as they're making uh, different decisions. So why didn't this exist before? I think there were blind spots to to a large extent. Yes, men made these decisions, men owned owned the wealth, etc. But that that trend is changing and it's it's high time that that platforms are focused on this. And that's yeah, that would be my answer to that. Deepika, anything to add? Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've been in the uh, space of wealth management for as many years, right? I think uh, the one realization, and it was very apparent, it was the exact, and, and it continues to be so. I think there's a ton of disruption that can even happen on the financial uh, products front. But the first thing that uh, needed to be done was women were exasperated with the financial services they were getting from their bank or financial planners or advisors even. And, and, and it, it's really sad because... I, I being in that space I'd also seen it and observed it like physically where when an advisor is talking to a couple for instance you tend to sort of defer and make eye contact to the man irrespective of who's asking the question which is really sad and uh, 
my experience was also with dealing with women who were in uh, we i don't want to use the word unique because because we are not we're not unique we're we're 50% of the audience in india and seeing women going through a divorce or or having lost her spouse or young women choosing to perhaps get married later perhaps adopt a child hey i want to freeze my eggs and all kinds of choices that women were making and and realizing that money is the enabler right you want to make any major financial decision you need a not a financial decision even a life decision you money is the enabler and and nobody was enabling women yeah like hena mentioned i think every woman should read the invisible uh, women book where there's a ton of insights it's even from things like how your mobile phone is built to how seat belts in cars are uh, fit they're they're not suitable for women and especially so for financial services and then yeah there we came and and uh, here to disrupt the space and it's it's quite interesting on that point you make about how the different things and the way they're designed and a lot of it is sub- subconscious or unconscious bias right when we as finstapesha and along with yosha gupta we did a report for the financial alliance for women last year where we also interviewed basis we interviewed 175 fintechs uh, globally and during the process of the research i learned a lot about uh, the massive opportunity as well as how there is a lot of inherent biases one thing which uh, struck me quite a lot was about how even designing of banks or location of banks was at the time when it was constructed was not feasible or was not uh, easy for women to travel to because banks were typically located in the cbd or downtown as they called it whereas uh, in uh, at that time most women would probably be home uh, or homemakers so they had a lot of difficulty coming to banks so a lot of men ended up being the bank account holders rather than the women and this is something that you would not even imagine when you're thinking of design just as we before we move to the next uh, question a quick room reset this is the asian digital super movers club where we feature top entrepreneurs thought leaders and innovators from Asia talking about uh, building businesses as well as innovating for the Asian consumer with us today are the co-founders of Basis one of India's top wealth management and personal finance management firms Hina and Deepika and uh, we will open up the floor for audience questions in a few minutes i'm going to turn on hand raising so please feel free to raise your hand and we'll bring you up on stage and then uh, get you to ask questions please note that this session is being recorded so your questions also will be recorded and we'll be replaying that uh, on our podcast later on so i i will add people on to the stage but i'm going to ask a couple of questions uh, so please wait for your turn before we uh, uh, get to your the ama so my next question to both of you would be let's take a little bit deep dive into basis and what all services you offer for the women's market right and there's also that uh, you hinted at it in the beginning which is about the financial education element so be good to have that little breakdown about how basis operates and what are your core products or services that you're offering for the women's market Yeah, absolutely. If if we want to describe basis in one sentence, so uh, we are building India's fintech platform focused on urban women that is anchored in education and communities. So, I'll go into the education and communities bit and then 
we can talk about the the financial advisory and services uh, that that we offer. So essentially, like I was saying, Mashir, the the biggest gaps that we saw that were preventing women or acting as barriers to taking the leap or taking that next step with their money were a knowledge and a trust gap. It's typically I don't know enough. Or I'd rather not risk my money. I'd, I'd rather you know just keep it as gold in my cupboard or as a deposit in my bank. Or to Deepika's point around, I just, I don't trust the advice I'm getting, whether it's from my bank relationship manager, an advisor, or even a family member who may not really understand what I may need for my money, etc. So both these gaps essentially led to inaction, lack of relatability, lack of trust, lack of knowledge. Those were the, the, the first three things we knew we had to solve for and build that trust layer before kind of diving into products within the financial services space. So communities uh, were one of the first things we actually launched. And as a fun um, anecdote here, we'd actually, as an experiment, we had we had built a community where uh, we didn't restrict who could join. It was open to men, women, everyone was welcome. And while both men and women uh, would join, we saw that men took over literally every conversation, discussion, etc. And women would take a backseat and stay silent. And then we converted a community into a closed group, women only, and we saw the floodgates just open. So in the first four months of launching that, it grew to 5,000 women completely organically. And that to us was that early validation that, yes, there was a need for a space, right? A need for a community, a need to connect with peers, experts, etc., to talk about money in a space where you feel safe and where you feel understood and where you don't feel embarrassed. So community-driven learning, community-driven adoption of financial services um, has been our product strategy. And the education bit, absolutely. If you don't know enough, you have to educate yourself, stay informed on what's happening, what it may mean for your money. So we've built uh, what we call knowledge boosters on the Basis app. They are essentially these bite-sized, jargon-free learning modules, which were design built for busy women juggling multiple things as as they're dealing with various uh, priorities in their life and so these two were the first first two steps in the journey so that's how our product experience starts but obviously the natural outcome of both these is to have uh, more women invest their money have more women buy health insurance get life insurance get a credit card build your credit history so that when you're in the market for larger loans like home loans, car loans, etc. You're uh, well equipped, right? So that's essentially the outcome of of these two things about the learning and then and the community bit. And so we also offer we're we're in pilot mode of building out again first of its kind subscription plan in India for financial coaching, where for a fixed fee a month, we'll pair you up with a financial coach. We have our first set of alpha customers on board where uh, yes, this is essentially advisory as a subscription and we're also curating recommendations uh, for uh, various financial products so partnering with different players in the industry to to create bespoke recommendations and products for for our community thank you i will now hand it over hand it over to pratish to lead our q and a section and we'll do a quick room reset thanks mushi Thanks, Deepika, and thanks, Sena, for this very insightful conversation. And congratulations for building such a successful business and empowering the feminine segment f- towards uh, financial empowerment. So before we f- 
uh, go forward with the Q&A. Just a quick room reset and a disclaimer. At any point, you may hear a baby cry. She's 30 days old, so please excuse her while I'm resetting the room. So, hello everyone. Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers Club. We are three founders, Mushir, Pratish and me. And uh, Mushir basically runs uh, DeFi and FinTech, everything to do with that in Asia. I do venture capital and growth in Asia. And Monica does uh, product and building products in, a- in the Asian digital economy. And these are weekly MA AMAs. And also we have other club contributors who do host other rooms, Master Decoded with Anish, who brought Pralat Kakkar to the Little Asian Supermovers. So I would request everybody to follow the Asian Little Supermovers uh, Club. If you are not already, just click on the greenhouse icon on the top of the app and you should be able to go to the uh, go to the club as uh, and follow it. At the same time, I would request to follow everybody on the moderator side as well as our guests so that if you are interested in these topics, we do come on board on certain rooms and share our views. We would like you to also join us as well. Uh, so moving on to the Q&A section, I'm assuming the first person is Sudhanshu. Please go ahead. Do a 10 second introduction and one question, please. Thanks. Thanks, Pradesh. Thanks a lot. So I'm Sudhanshu. I'm currently working for Goldman Sachs. I had a very different career. I was a military officer and now work in Goldman Sachs in investment management. I've seen quite a lot of fintech space. I personally invest in a lot of startups. So that's about me, but very interesting. I haven't, I keep a close watch on uh, startups to invest myself and uh, this idea I haven't seen. So apologies for that, but a very interesting space. Just wanted to know that uh, what do you think about the biggest challenges and biggest risks since this sector is quite complicated now and the competition, there are so many neobanks, no, so many fintechs which have entered this space. So what are the biggest challenges you are seeing for the growth of your startup and how do you envisage that? How will you grow in future? So that's, that's my question. Thanks guys. Sure. Thanks, Sudanshu, and always nice to meet um, a fellow Goldman <laughs> colleague. Sudanshu, the, the challenges with any sort of new business, and like I was saying, we, we are defining a new category almost, right? So I think whatever challenges would come with that is is what we're facing. Yes, there is the awareness and education layer uh, that we're also building, which, like you said, will take us a little bit of time. But what we've seen so far has been from the audience, from uh, the target uh, market we're looking at, that there is a just very strong intent and desire to do something. So we're essentially converting that intent into action with basis. But yes, it will, since it's a new category, it's a new way of looking at financial services, content, communities, of course, that's this new approach. And we don't have, we don't really have operating or we started this with a fairly blank slate in the sense that we, like I said, we weren't building the dash of India where we could essentially emulate what has been successful in other markets. We were looking at this new space uh, for the Indian market, a new category, et cetera. So I would say those would be the challenges of, of getting something like this off the ground and getting to the traction, the growth, et cetera, that, that we want to get to. And we've, we have been able to succeed in terms of getting through to the market, getting our message across, and then creating a vibrant community. Like we said, it, it's community-driven financial services, et cetera. That, that essentially is driving adoption and, in fact, over 
we, we just do these pulse checks with our community. Over 50% of women have either started investing after getting on basis or, or, or plan to in the next couple of months or so. So that's the impact we have. Those are the results we track. And to answer your question in terms of competition, etc., like we said, the space is not... Um, the, the space hasn't been looked at very surprisingly because it's such a large market. It is full of blind spots, like even with some of the newer age fintechs, etc. So for us, having strong moats, both with with a community driven model, which which leads to stickiness, network effects and trust, plus these what we call these gender intelligent, gender specific insights that we have. It's not something uh, folks can just wake up and say, hey, we're going to build for women and capture the market. So we are very confident uh, with, with this approach. And that's how we'll continue to have, have, have our strong moats as we build this out. And I'll add just one more quick point before we go on to the next question. The way this industry has dealt with this market has been as a marketing problem, right? It's not the, the way financial services, products, advice, etc. have been built. Oh, if we want to get more women involved, let's just again, like we said, pinkify our ads or offer, I don't know, discounts and other offers during like Women's History Month in March and things like that. Or take a credit card, color it pink, have a picture of a woman with shopping bags on it and say, hey, this is a new credit card we've launched. For. Women see through that. Right? We're, we're, it's, it, this is not a marketing problem. And we're looking at it as looking at it very empathetically through the user journey, looking at how women make financial decisions and how we can look at products and design even the financial products in, in, in an innovative manner to, to serve the, the, unique needs, the unique needs of women. Thanks, Ina. Thanks a lot. Sure. Thanks, Sudhanshu. Thanks, Anna. Next is Animesh. Please go ahead. Hey, hi, and Deepika. I'm Animesh. I'm also trying to build a business of my own with a couple of my friends. And uh, to be honest, in my experience so far is that customers are easy, investors are tough. If I think if you, especially if you're targeting women, I think if you go and talk to, uh, you would have, I'm just completely assuming here, if you would have gone to and spoken to your probably customer base, like you made a community, you got an overwhelming response. I, I wanted to understand what kind of response did you get when you when you would have spoken to, say, female investors? Sure. So that's very, very far in few animation. As we know, the the VC space and even the angel space is fairly, and it's changing, which is great, but uh, fairly dominated by men. Like we said, right, there, there has been or there was that skepticism in terms of we would get questions like, why do women need this? Okay, depending on a dad or a husband or a brother or whoever it may be to, to make these decisions for them. So those questions were there, which to us did indicate some of the blind spots. So yes, the few female investors we did speak to saw it very differently, right? Like they could relate to the problem. They might have dealt with something similar, a challenge in their life or seen their friends or you know, colleagues or sisters or whatever it may be. So the conversation, the conversations were very different. In fact, uh, our lead investor in our last round, and I see, or, or Osborne from our team was on this call, but Emphasis Ventures run by uh, Melissa Frackman. I remember my first conversation with her, she just got it, right? And she's not, and she's not even building like a woman focused fund, etc. She's 
and it was such a refreshing conversation where we didn't have to go into why this was needed and why this was so important it was more like okay how are we solving it and how are we going to win in this market yes and and not to say that all men didn't get it of uh, our cap table investors we we do have men who who bought into this as well and we're very grateful for that but yes the usual relatability factor we've seen in general uh, has been that yeah women tend to get it more more easily and can relate to it slightly better than men can Yeah and just to add to that I think animation and I'm sure this is true for every woman in in this room as well irrespective of whether you're an investor or not at some point in time you have have experience or you have known a woman who if not anything has been stuck in a situation where for whatever reason uh, she felt helpless and I think we've been lucky enough that uh, we've had backers who knew that this is something we identified this is something uh, we knew and this is something we could uh, change and yeah I think it is uh, unfortunately even women investors are, are far and few so yeah I think there there's not even enough for us to uh, comment on that further yeah fair fair thanks thanks animesh you guess your next go ahead Yeah. Thanks for this. Yeah. First of all, congratulations, Sina and Deepika. Just want to share my background. So I have nine years of stint with digital payments. Started with Paytm, Yes Bank, digital banking, and Axis Bank. So I have tasted product and business uh, side of it. So while I have two questions, uh, my first question is, um, according to me, as Hina has rightly mentioned, and you are. focusing on the urban side of it specifically for the women while the country has been divided into three parts uh, the urban populations tier tier 2 tier 3 cities and the rural cities somewhere um, while i realize that in the urban population women's are uh, the literacy rate is quite higher and they are aware about the, the services while there are other set of market the remaining two set of market so in future in one year two year down the line do you have any future plans to deep dig in that market also this is my first question my second question as there are already so many fintech players in the market like paytm google pay and phone pay which are on the verge of super applications and they are providing bouquet of solutions with respect to these wealth management services uh, along with all the investment customized investment solutions as well so what what is the basic usp you are using so that you can attract only the set of women's which no women's will not attract towards these super applications and they will come to basis Thanks. Sure, happy to answer both. Yogesh, so on your question on other parts of the Indian market, might be too early for us to comment on that. We could see this going, you know, in different ways. One is just going deep within the urban segment in India and then expanding to other, you know, similar markets uh, across the world. or going further down in in terms of uh, the indian uh, indian cities and towns etc uh, etc et but a little bit early for us to comment we see the we see a massive problem gap market etc just looking at the urban indian women who in in general value independence and are are looking for autonomy and privacy and control over their money and that's the market where um just laser focused on uh, for now and the second sorry i just what was the second question again yeah so there are so many fintech players like phone pay right. paytm 
countries of the world who are providing and who become a super applications basically are providing n number of solution with respect to wealth management as well so why women's you know leave those applications and come to you what sort of extra or you know solutions or what sort of usp you have in this you know featuring loans this basis uh, my only submission is that yeah so actually if you look at some of the data around user bases of these platforms you will find that majority of the users are are, are male right so in a lot of ways it's we we tell ourselves that if women were to uh, adopt these apps they would be doing it already so there is that that layer of trust knowledge uh, being able to relate to these platforms knowing that with a platform like basis women our users know that their needs are being addressed to and they can trust the advice they're getting all i'd say is uh, m- most of these platforms weren't built keeping women's uh, needs in mind and the user bases speak for themselves in terms of uh, what penetration has been achieved so far within the women segment yeah and yogesh to answer your first question which is probably moving down the order in terms of women uh, who we cater to over time i think uh, it's safe to say we are also our users this is the market we understand best this is the market that over the years uh, we have experienced we have dealt with whose problems we have very closely uh, monitored so yeah these are users in terms of age and in, in terms of financial situations and we know what it takes to uh, solve for it so it would take us some time perhaps to even understand different markets but for now we're very laser focused on these women who you while you may assume that working women educated all of it i think it's uh, we all know in when it comes to financial literacy uh, not just women even men are are there's a lot there's a lot of uh, room to learn and if i were to just uh, quote a number it's slightly dated but it's from an standard and poor's research uh, which said that only 27% of urban indian men and 20% of urban indian women are financially literate so the assumption that you know just because we're in metro cities etc we know uh, everything or enough that there has to do with money that's that's far from the truth thank you so much thank thank you Thanks, Yogesh. Before I move on to Arundhati, a quick room reset. And also, if you have a question, please raise your hand, and we'll bring you up. You can ask your question to Hena, Deepika, or make a make an observation. So, welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers Club. If you're new, please do follow the club. Click on the greenhouse icon, and you can directly follow the club. We have three founders: Mushir, Monica, and me. Mushir does DeFi, fintech in Asia. I do venture capital investments and growth in Asia. and monica does building for asia products uh today we have hena and deepika from uh basis and we as we say every ask me anything conversations we bring og asian experts founders and investors in such conversations do follow the moderators as well as the guest and so that you can be pinged when we come into rooms and have a conversation on stage and you can join as well Arunthi your next please go ahead Thank you so much and really great room really happy to be here Hi Hina hi Deepika I just had one question with regards to what you observed over the last year in the post pandemic era with regards to how women have been affected Oh uh, sure I I I love that question Arunthi I'm and 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 Hannah I'm sure also has a lot to say about it I think uh, we can make two very safe comparisons here one is of course last year 
March, uh, April, when, when COVID hit, I think, uh, if not anything, everyone was in a survival mode, right? You were just trying to cope with uh, what the situation had brought by then. We were seeing cases. Fortunately, that hasn't happened this year, or we haven't heard as many stories of a job loss, one partner losing a job, or both partners losing uh, jobs. Uh, fortunately, last year, there weren't as many losses in, in the family in terms of life. But I think uh, we did observe, and, and which continued news to happen is there was a very conscious and proactive need then to understand everything that uh, was related to women's money which is where all the conversations in bases just like we we saw overnight there were women coming on to the platform and some of them were were not the most uh, uh, wonderful stories like we had a young girl in her 20s come onto our platform and, and share that my dad's been hospitalized but and I know we have enough assets and all of that stuff but I don't know how to access that uh, money so I think uh, just providing that community and providing that space was very comforting for women so this was then last year when we talk about uh, this year I think it's been very uh action oriented and very proactively uh, we've been uh, we do a lot of work with corporates as well we work with corporates we work with uh, several other communities and we've been reached out to by several corporates where perhaps uh, they've, they've lost an employee and uh, the family is receiving some insurance money etc but that woman has never dealt with that money on her own and, and we've heard all the stories right at, at the moment a bank uh, rep perhaps knows how much money is in your bank account, it can easily move into spaces that you don't understand. So we've seen corporates uh, come in and ask for these conversations for uh, women employees who may have lost their partners or where, where they've lost their employees and want to do some uh, work with their, uh, you know, with their uh, spouses. So we've been doing some of those activities pro bono, understanding that these are very, very testing times for everyone, right? And what we're building in terms of a product, in terms of a platform, and in terms of a community is, is a very meaningful uh, one. Yeah, if anything, Arundhati, I think these and like money, financial planning, staying informed, getting involved in families' financial decisions has become not optional anymore right so it's it that's the silver lining with the the crazy year and a half we've had we've seen our users take a keener interest right yes even in topics like wills and nominations that i'm also learning about as we're building content education discussing this in our communities etc those conversations would never have come up in in another situation and at basis we we always say there are four d's that impact a woman's financial life the most divorce a uh, death of a spouse, a uh, debt like loans, that debt, and a disaster. And so we've seen a couple of those really play out in the last year and a half. So none of this is optional anymore. None of this is, I'll, I'll take a look at it later, or I'll understand it later. And we've seen, yes, demand for uh, like products like health and life insurance go up. And we only expect the tailwinds in a post-COVID era to, uh, to, to further fuel what we're doing and make it more relevant in the years to come. Great. Thank you, Arundhati. Uh, before I get a chance to ask in and become my question, I just wanted to update everybody in the room that the next two AMAs that are coming up this week, one is tomorrow with Gaurav. He's the co-founder of Next Billion, which is basically building maps for corporates or B2B businesses. And maps are so critical and so difficult for logistics, e-commerce, as well as day-to-day -day commute. 
and these guys have now started building it and they've really found traction early on and Gaurav used to head Grab's navigation team as well and the second person who's coming on Saturday is Sinha I'm assuming most Indians would know he's the founder of Ashoka University Harappa Education and many more other things so those are the two MAs coming up on one is Wednesday the other one is on Saturday all these details are on the club page so you again click on the uh, greenhouse icon and you will be able to see all the AMA set up Haina and Deepika my question to you is do you, when you pitch to uh, female investors are their questions different from when you pitch to male investors and if so how are they different So yeah, like to, to Deepika's point, we don't have um, enough data for for the women investors. But from the few we've spoken to, yes, the conversations do go in different directions. It, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, investors are looking for big, growing markets opportunities, like the ability to scale things like that. So those fundamentals don't change, and that's what we um, obviously focus on. But yes, I think the general, and again, this is not all male investors. I'm just anecdotally sharing some experiences. But yeah, the question really ranged from: Do women really need this? Right? Do is is this? Do we need a dedicated platform to focus on women's needs? Because I see women being quite okay with X, Y, Z in their family taking care of this for them. Versus, yes, with women investors, the again the handful we've spoken to, very small number. But the question really is, yeah, I can totally see this. I can relate to it, or I I see the opportunity. Let's talk about how we're solving it and how we can get to that scale. So, certain fun- fundamental investor questions are obviously the same around market opportunity, team, etc. But yes, I think the going into the problem statement or just generally the conviction we've seen is has been easier to build or converse with if there's a woman on the other side. I don't know, Deepika, if you. Want to add anything else? No, I think absolutely uh, uh, true. I think when there is a woman on the other side, or if we're even speaking to a VC team where there are a couple of women on 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 their board or as a part of the conversation, and it's it's beautiful sometimes. Like a couple of weeks ago, we had someone on one of these calls who was like, "Hey, I heard a basis from my doctor friend," and I think that there's a ton of validation there where there are these different professional women who otherwise you wouldn't even hear about talking about money. I are now on bases and and then being advocates of of our brand and I think uh, that happens very organically with with women and eventually gets to women investors but but as Hena said I think yeah they 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 very they're very far and few in between and literally a handful and and they get the problem and and like we were talking earlier about Melissa Frackman when when she heard of our idea even though she's not from the Indian ecosystem she got it it didn't really need much explanation it was an obvious problem that uh, had to be fixed great thank you for that I think we have uh, Kalyan. Go ahead with your question and ten uh, seconds on about you. Hi, Kalyan. Can you hear us? You're not on mute, but we can't hear you. Okay, we can move ahead whenever Kalyan is ready. I would also take the opportunity to welcome Monica, who is one of our co-founders and also very actively involved 
in fintech while we wait for Kalyan to come back on. I have a very quick follow-up question for both of you, right? I, I mean, I guess it's also making a point that is maybe this is this element of identifying with a product or a service is, is where the, the female uh, VCs may be more engaged, right? Because it also in a similar element, when you're building products, it's a similar story. Taking that question away from the investment element to the product building, during the research I was referring to earlier, one of the things we did notice was about the skew when it comes to male product managers versus female product managers. Monica Ji runs a, the popular product management room that we have, but I wanted to get a sense from you both whether you consciously, Hena, given your product management background as well, whether you consciously added more female product managers while building uh, bases up or and uh, paid a lot of attention to that, or you just let it grow uh, organically based on the objectives or bases. So I think the the empathy and the compassion element um, is is different, right? We don't uh, very organically. Our team um, has attracted uh, more women. In fact, we have yeah about over sixty percent of uh, the basis team being women. Whether it's the person leading our content or or our product manager, some of our engineers, etc. So I think that just happened given our mission, given the space we're in. And yes, it naturally does help in in building products for people like yourself. Not to say that the empathy can't exist if you're, you know, building for someone who's who's very much not like you. But I think it's just it's easier is is what we've seen. But yeah, that would be my comment on that. Yeah, I think it's also very easy for them to get it right. And we've been talking about this a lot when you have a woman PM and Hannah, of course, has has her experience and is like uh, crazily passionate and obsessive about our product, of course, but but, but just our uh, product managers as well. I think that these are problems uh, they've also dealt with on other platforms. So it just becomes much easier for us as a team uh, to then build out that vision without uh, too much explanation. Thank you. That's pretty cool. Kalyan, are you back? I, can you try speaking? We can't hear you. That's why. I think we should move on. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Akriti, go ahead. Uh, hi, Hena. Hi, Deepika. Thank you so much about myself. I'm a sales and marketing professional in the fintech and payments industry and uh, I'm based in Hong Kong and uh, I had one question around the product and uh, the how to actually reach the right target segment. Something like financial independence for women. How do you educate the market to when do you start with this process? So it's, is it like a woman who's already at a mature stage of their career or is it for someone who's just starting out? And like, how do you start to educate people about the importance of starting early? Because like, I started early and I know that it's definitely more helpful. But then at the same time, if I thought of this, like sometime back, the idea was very like, oh, why should I start now? But only because I had a, a good mentor to tell me why I was able to do it. But then for somebody who may not have that kind of access to mentorship or something, how do you start educating them? What do you think is the right age bracket to start off with this? So Akriti, absolutely. I, yeah, we don't have to explain to this group or this audience that starting early 
is the best thing you can do for your money management. For us, what we've seen is the it's a community driven, like we said, community driven learning, community driven adoption. When you see social proof, when you hear your your friends are doing it, or you may just stumble upon bases, join our community and see as yes, there are other folks just like you who are in the same boat or just starting off or may not have as much knowledge and you may have been too embarrassed to ask in another forum or you know in another place etc that's what kind of gets you in and then that that's how we've seen the adoption play out yes we do we don't necessarily most of our users and this is this is even if you look at financial literacy as a whole both across men and women majority of people don't know right personal finance is not taught in schools etc so naturally most of the users we're talking to maybe beginner investors or may just be getting their feet wet with this aspect of their lives but we've seen our communities just drive some of those those network effects that proof that validation that yes this this is something i should be doing i can do and here's a space that i can get uh, trusted advice recommendations etc and akiti i think exactly what you said right you started investing and stuff like that so i think we have ample stories in the community where someone like you just just shares her experience i started at this age this is where i'm at and that really uh, nudges uh, we do have uh, i want to say young women as young as 18 year olds on the community who who want to start learning and a ton of that comes from women like yourself who come onto the platform and share uh, their stories and i think that's the whole purpose of of the community right to share each other, share stories nudge each other and even our education journey within the app uh, we and, and you should uh, explore it after if you can and maybe offline we can share share access with you etc but uh, even the education journey we've built uh, within bases is keeping in mind that yes we're going to have someone who's a 21 year old we're also going to have someone who's a 35 year old at different life stages and maybe starting at at very different points but there's something for everyone to learn and there's some starting point for every woman who comes onto the platform awesome that's great i'll definitely check it out thank you so much thanks akshiti hi kiran you're next Mushir, thanks for having me up here. Congratulations, Hina and Deepika, for such an amazing uh, product. It's super useful for sure. To give you a quick background, my name is Kiran. I'm based in Brussels and uh, founder of I Am Tomorrow. So we are publishing a progressive magazine for women, basically available in Europe and UK, uh, in particular at the moment. So we focus on uh, leadership, identity, economic independence. Uh, creativity and entrepreneurship would love to uh, invite uh, you both to uh, write a guest article about your product so i'm sure uh, many people can learn from here even countries like i mean in eastern europe there's a lot of need for financial education among women so i think it will be a great help thanks and good luck we'd be happy to kiran and i just saw your profile where you it says my mom taught me to solve problems just so encouraging to read something like that we'll be very happy to uh, contribute in whichever way we can oh thanks so much deepika thank you both before we move to the next speakers hena and deepika not to put you on the spot but would you be comfortable staying on for another 10 to 15 minutes to answer the growing list of uh, questions Mm, yeah i think we could go up till about 8:45 i think yeah it should be okay you know? okay yeah yeah 
Nikul. Thank you both. Really appreciate both of your times. So I would tell the next uh, set of people coming on online to ask questions from Soham, Dharini, Parinita and Kalyan. Keep your questions short uh, and your introductions to 10 seconds so that we can get the answers and allow others to also ask the questions. I'm going to turn off hand raising for uh, now and thank you all for those who have come on stage till now. Soham, please go ahead and ask your question. Hey, thanks. It's great hearing your journey. And I work as a cell site researcher in fixed income. Uh, so my first question would be that I have two rather questions over here. The first question is, is that have you, do you think that the financial products that are designed for the general layman are actually casually biased against women in terms of the risk choices or in terms of the risk categorization? That's A and B. If the first one was from operation, the second one is from the technology side. Did you ever find it difficult to put, because being a new age startup, did you find it difficult to balance the need for investing in engineering and or investing in the business development, given the usually constrained resources that a startup normally has? That's it. Cool. Deepika, you want to take part one? I can do part two. Yeah, so I'm without getting into too many details on, on, on that front because a large part of that is is proprietary. We've built a proprietary engine when it comes to uh, making recommendations specific to women using our uh, gender intelligent insights, etc. But yeah, long story short, uh, exactly what you said, right? Risk profiling when it comes to the whole generic psychometric test versus uh, risk profiling when it comes to women is very different. There are a lot many factors that need to be considered just beyond the assumption that, hey, I'm an aggressive investor and, and make me recommendations uh, accordingly. Unfortunately, I cannot get into uh, more details there. But yeah, both on the investment product front and on the extended uh, basket of options, whether it's health insurance or life insurance, uh, we're treating it uh, very differently than just products that have to be uh, sold to women, keeping in mind that stuff that we perhaps missed out as in terms of financial products early in our lives and, and no one told us about them. And, and yeah, we want to build uh, that experience for uh, women. And to answer part two, yes, every startup goes through similar set of challenges, right? You have to do uh, more with less. Yes, you can't do growth without product. You can't, there's, there's no point building products without kind of the growth element, etc. So nothing kind of specific to add there other than you just have to figure it out, ruthlessly prioritize, not try to spread yourself too thin, which, which does t tend to happen because there's so much to do always, but I think, yeah, just trying to follow that and being really mindful of, of resources, etc. are just as in terms of our team right now, we're still quite a lean team, but it's yeah about 40% uh, of our team are, are engineers and the rest are spread across uh, content, growth, analytics and financial products. Thank you. Dharini, would you like to ask your question? Yes, sure. Thanks, Mashir. Hi, everyone. I'm Dharini. I lead the neobanking vertical at a startup called MoneyTap. Uh, Hina Devika, I am a basis user and I find the product fascinating. I also have dabbled into the space a little earlier where I held a few webinars for women in particular in the financial education space in some way. My question to you guys is a large segment and I've done a little bit of research in this segment and what I found was a large 
um, portion of our segment as women requires education into fintech right induction into finance the world of finance not fintech sorry the world of finance because we are so used to being handheld or being probably the offloading this responsibility to the men in the house you guys are doing a fantastic job there but how is the response in the education bit where you've started off it's um, been yes. phenomenal i'll i'll add a point and and dipika leads yeah. a lot of that so please add i think darani the wonderful thing about about building for women is women want to know details right women as i say i don't know if what it is about us behaviorally etc don't get into products especially financial products without knowing the information they need to know so we've seen a keen interest and only once like we said that gap ends up being filled and that confidence gets built we see users being willing to take that that next leap um into making that investment or buying that insurance but yeah i think behaviorally women tend to yeah want to know information want to know details we get questions like you know what happens if a fund manager leaves what happens to my money in my mutual fund right like things that like we we don't usually hear elsewhere so that would be my quick anecdote there but dipika will have a lot more <laughs> to to add there no and and darni i love that you use the word induction right induction into the world of yeah here specifically <laughs> personal finance so i think and, and since you are on the platform you perhaps would have seen uh, when it comes to learning uh, a large part of it is yeah most part of it is within the app of course but but yeah every other weekend once or twice a month we do have a fixed schedule of what we call master classes where we know like a particular topic and, and as, as henna was referring to right like uh, women have questions what happens even when a fund manager leaves how big uh, should the size of the aum of a mutual fund uh, be before i invest etc so we run three four part series diving very deep into very specific topics cuz these cannot be taught by watching a couple of uh, youtube videos and and more importantly because uh, that's a one way communication and everything that's happening within bases is two way you're asking you're getting uh, expert advice you're sharing your story and so somebody else is uh, getting inspired to take uh, action so i think i i uh, yeah i think our whole learning uh, journey where we're educating women and enabling them has been uh, very fulfilling and sorry tiny very quickly would love to connect with you offline for product feedback as well for sure thank <laughs> i'm hitting you up on linkedin awesome thank you dharini parinita Hey, hi everyone. Hi Deepika. Hi Hina. My question is: So, since you're talking about women market and building a fintech, and I think this question is open to all whoever is on the stage and every whoever can jump in, are there any obvious or you can say most apparent differences or distinguishing features, bit distinguishing evidences between women behaviors in India versus market abroad? Like, I'm not sure. how broadly you guys have studied the market in terms of just having an obvious differences say the women market in europe versus women market in southeast asia if y'all have evidently come across some obvious differences and uh, second with the bunch of user base that you guys have in andepika uh, has there been any focus segment that y'all like to point out you know are women more focused on retirement are they more focused on budgeting their day to day expenses where how is the ratio where is the weight more just in terms of your general 
user base that's there currently. Cool. Thanks for the question, Parnita, and, and nice to see you here. I, I'll take some part of it very quickly. And actually, I think Mushir will, will have a lot of insights on this. If we were to just compare it to the Asian uh, markets, because we are uh, fortunately, and we do this with Mushir and others, where we're, we're a part of a whole bunch of panel discussions across Asia. If I were to just broadly, I think the money management habits for women uh, in this part of the world, at least, are, are very similar. And actually, Mushir, I'll, I'll, I'll pass this on to you because you're the expert. On, on this front maybe we will get back to Parinita because I'm keen to have uh, this question on uh, questions asked of you both uh, Parinita maybe we can connect offline in general I think this space uh, there is a lot that needs to be done it's being done the financial alliance for women uh, is an organization that is working quite hard uh, championing the women's economy and we've done extensive work and a lot of reports on their website which I would refer you to and we can connect on LinkedIn to talk more about it. They're also having a fintech hackathon called Alliance Hack which starts has opened up for application as of today. So that's one space to look at. There are a few reports that have come out recently and we're seeing a growing trend but I will definitely look to connect with you offline on this. Thank you. Kalyan, have you managed to get your audio working? Hello. Oh, is it audible? Yes, it is now. Please go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Mushar. Hina and Deepika. First of all, congratulations. Uh, I'm Kalyan from Hyderabad, a startup consultant. So I've got a few bunch of questions for you. First, when we are talking about the fintech, uh, usually... Sorry, Kalyan. We have we're very tight on time. So please pick yes, up yes, one yes, question. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And right. then we will uh, we put that to the speaker. All right. Yes, okay. So, uh, when we are talking about the finances, uh, usually uh, every person will think what they are benefiting out of uh, out of the option which which they are getting. So, when we are when you are uh, com- uh, competing with the leading banks or the leading fintechs, okay, what additional benefits are you providing to women? Uh, maybe in terms of uh, higher sanction limit or better interest rate or facilities. What actually additional benefits are you providing to them? So, Kalyan, uh, very quickly, and if you have anything to add, at the moment, we aren't actually offering uh, any of those. So, we aren't uh, providing any banking services or any lending services. Uh, What we begin with is education. We begin with creating a community of women and then enabling them to make uh, financial decisions. So, I think, yes, that that question might not be relevant for us at the moment. But okay. yes, just looking, uh, just a quick thing to add there, Kalyan, there are uh, different things we can do, just as you mentioned, that, that work specifically for the women market across different products. And so that's what, what we're building into our product experience as we speak. All right. Thanks. Thanks for your responses. And I wish you all the best for your future. Thank you. And success. Thank you, Kalyan. Radhika? Hi, Hannah, Deepika. This is a great uh, conversation. I'll quickly ask my question. I was wondering whether you believe that what you're building, right, the community that you're building and the platform and the products that you're trying to build, will that in some sort of way, if not shake, but cause a sort of a dent in the patriarchal foundations, you know, that are deeply uh, rooted in our country? Because I think even within the urban millennial or the segment that you're targeting, it's a fact that despite having all sort of privilege, a lot of us are often unable to take a step for ourselves because of a lack of financial autonomy or lack of awareness about finances. So was that sort of a thought process that you guys also had when you were thinking about building a platform like this? Or this was just like an added on thing that this would also achieve? 
something along these lines so on some level radhika no that wasn't the i guess that wasn't necessarily the driving force behind what we did we we saw a market we understood and we knew we could build products with a great value prop for for this market but to your point on yeah just patriarchy in general and this is something we in general are passionate about in the pika and i had also built out you know the lean in bangalore community so this is a space we've we've been deeply passionate about for for several years yes absolutely money does patriarchy does flow into money we hear we hear stories like and i i know a bunch of us may, may have seen things like this you know like, like single women applying for a loan are asked where's your husband or where's your dad right like those sort of things where th- those things are going to go away recently we someone mentioned us in a story around how women were being harassed by lenders in the last uh, several months of the pandemic etc and literally sexually harassed as part of the collections process things like that so we hear these stories and they obviously make us really mad and and now obviously drive us further to and continue motivating us to build a platform where women have the autonomy they have the privacy and the control and the independence to make these financial decisions you want a loan absolutely you're looking for better access to credit you're looking for insurance that works for you you're looking for investment plans that that work for you where you don't need to get an approval from dad or 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 otherwise who who honestly may have the best interests for you in mind but may not necessarily understand what you might need so we've been thrilled to see what like the desire to want to get out of that obviously like the which in in fact i think very early on we ran this like survey if i remember correctly where we asked uh, married like young married women in our community like how okay are you with your finances being handled by your spouse and i think only 5% of the respondents there said we're, we're fine with this we don't want to change it so i think there's a massive yeah just general social trends that we're seeing that that are telling us women want to get out of this and that will continue to be tailwinds for us but like i said not necessarily the the key driving force around this we saw a problem we saw an opportunity we saw the white space and i think the impact could be will be massive and like i think just to add to that very quickly i think at every point that we viewed this is 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 always uh, it's it's never been a man versus woman thing i think more than anything we we work as allies right whether with your partner or with your parents or or uh, with your husband i think that's the way we've always viewed it that a woman should know enough to be uh, part of the conversation to make decisions to be able to handle situations if something were to arise it it's not something where we very conscious obviously wanted to smash the patriarchy but yeah if some part of it happens i think it 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 will help a ton of women right thank you thank you that's a great note uh, to close on i would like to ask one final question so we'll squeeze in 30 seconds on this deepika and hena is on what lies ahead for basis i know you spoke about a few things in the conversation and the answers but maybe a quick update on what are you planning for the next year to 3 years an investor question <laughs> what can the audience and the users expect uh, from you going forward that's it yeah yeah so as we've been saying our focus is, has been on building an engaged community of users who've grown to trust and love 
Lava brand and basis becomes the, the go-to place for um, any money query. Today, you're looking to start your first uh, mutual fund investment. Tomorrow, you're in the market for health insurance. Then you may get you know a bonus from work and you're looking to invest that better, etc. Right? So that's been our focus over the last year and a half since we launched our product. And yes, now we are working on, like we said, converting that that engagement and trust that we've built into curating financial products, creating bespoke recommendations, working with partners to offer a full stack of financial services for our community as we continue to obviously scale the community and get uh, you know more more women on board as well. Yeah, and Mushir, I think one part of it, Hannah answered, I'm going to take the immediate part of it. We have a ton of women I'm seeing on this chat. I would uh, highly recommend that you all download Basis. It's just B-A-S-I-S on the App Store or on the Play Store. And I see a whole bunch of men on this chat as well. It would be great if you could get even one woman in your life to get on the platform and, and just begin or enhance her uh, personal finance learning journey. Go Basis. Thank you both. So really a uh, great room and I think we all enjoyed learning more about it and we'd love to have you come on uh, again I- in the future. On behalf of all of us, uh, Pratish, Monica Ji and me, thank you to Henna and Deepika and for the audience for uh, joining us today. This is the Asian Digital Super Movers Club. We bring, as Pratish mentioned, the OGs of um, digital entrepreneurship, investment and product building and innovation in Asia. So follow the room. Uh, you can click on the house icon on top to uh, follow the the club as well as follow the speakers to join rooms where they'll be talking about such interesting topics in the coming days on clubhouse Uh, we will close the room in the next 15 seconds so take this time and opportunity to follow the speakers and once again on behalf of everybody else thank you both for uh, joining us thank you for having us thank you thank you thank you everyone it was really fun Right, I'm closing the room now.